Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. Uh, Bonnie, <laughs> I guess she dared me to say that. Uh, I haven't seen you all since past year, but anyways, good to see you. I hope your Christmas uh, days were happy and your new year will be blessed, and I'm glad that you're here this morning. Um, I, I want to share with you again, one of, um, one of the young men that we've mentored is Daryl Williams. He is here. Now, for you young teenagers, I want you to hear this. He's been in courtship for five years uh, with a young lady in Honduras. And, uh, and hopefully, this in the next six months, they'll be able to um, bring that union together. But isn't that amazing? That's what true love's all about, just waiting for that timing when God wants to. And I, so I'm glad he's here this morning. Uh, he shared, he shared uh, with us a little bit in the, in the Sunday school. So anyways, what's it mean to catch a vision? You know, I, I thought I, when, uh, Travis just asked me just a few minutes ago, he said, so, so what's your vision? And I said, I said I'm going to kind of just keep uh, dumping some things into the plate as we go. It's not going to be an overall. I can tell you the theme for our vision for this year is with all your heart. Um, we'll be preaching all that in First Samuel and things like that in the days ahead. Um, but most importantly, right now, I just want to make sure everybody catches the vision for this year. So uh, with that said, you know, Proverbs 29 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's amazing, isn't it? Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So it's a very, very important verse. So I'm going to ask you right now to turn to Matthew uh, 6, if you would, with me. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, I got a long introduction here. I got a long introduction, so I ask that you bear with me here for a minute. There is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, there is nothing worse than getting excited about something only to be let down. Uh, so broken expectations have destroyed many marriages. Uh, they've destroyed many relationships, many job opportunities, many churches, unfortunately. Uh, and there is nothing worse that I know of than what I call vision failure, especially when it comes to God's vision for his church. The truth is this, is that any kind of vision failure can result in great disappointment. Uh, if you've had good vision your whole life, uh, talking about physical vision, and you, and you start to lose it in older in life, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Vision is something most people take for granted until it starts to leave them. And uh, when you're around someone like my mom, uh, my mom can uh, barely see now. Uh, she has one of those degenerate diseases in her eyes. And, uh, and now when I walk into the house, which I did just a few days ago, she stands there and looks confused a little bit fearful because some man just walked into her house until I say, it's me, mom, you know, and then she's fine. Then she relaxes. Uh, and I can, when I see that, I can sympathize with her disappointments with not having vision. I remember uh, down in Florida, not too long ago, I was down in St. Augustine and I saw this expensive suit in the, in the uh, thrift shop. My wife is a thrift shop uh, shopper. 
And she sees things like that, tells me about them. I go in, and it must be some, somebody had died, and they left all their suits to the thrift shop, and it just happened to be my size. Uh, but it just was need a little more into the waist. than what, <laughs> They were a little thinner than I was. Uh, uh, I paid $10 for it, and I needed somebody to tailor it, which my mom always did for me my whole life. Uh, she actually uh, sewn for me pants, uh, uh, she patched everything. She was a seamstress in her earlier years of life. And uh, I, I needed some tailoring, which my mom always used to do. Uh, and by the way, she even made my graduation suit for high school. Uh, when I graduated, it was a, it was a uh, plaid suit. Nobody had ever seen one like it before. It was a hit, I guess, of that day. But I could see her heartbreak when I told her I had just found a expensive suit and I needed a seamstress, seamstress that was able to do it and fix it for me. I could see her face drop. Why? Because she couldn't because of her vision and vision failure is very disappointing, especially when you once have it. So the Bible says in Proverbs 9, 29, 18, where there is no vision, right, the people perish. Many Christians fail to see how serious loss of spiritual vision really is. And uh, many churches die for lack of knowing the importance of keeping a vision. And that's why I said this is going to be our vision Sunday. And I pray by the end of this message, maybe something will prick. You know, something will pinch. Something will get a hold of your heart uh, for Christ's sake. Every pastor is given a vision of God. I hope you all know that. Every man of God, every great ministry of God in the Bible was always based after God calling a man giving him a vision, and then having the people follow that vision. Um, even, I can go as far as to say, even churches. Cause a man, plants the church, and then the people follow that vision that God has given that man, and that's how churches are established. So when visions don't come to fruition, it can be debilitating to say the least. It has sent many pastors into depression, some of which never recover from. I have seen a lot of pastors step out of ministry because they had this great zeal and this great vision of God and the people just said no to it. Uh, they weren't willing to go that direction. So none of the blessings you have seen come to pass here at Lighthouse would have been so without its people having a vision. They had to have a vision. And catching the pastor's vision is very, very important. The vision God had given to him, think about it, Pastor Horn, and staying with it with him until fruition is very, very important. Um, now he's called somewhere else. I'm called into here. But I always have to remind myself that where there is no vision, right, including myself, people perish. Now, last night they dropped the ball down in Manhattan. But when we drop the ball, using excuses that challenges, uh, challenge his vision, God's vision, like we're taking too much on or it's, uh, costing us too much or you're expecting too much of us, what happens is the church begins to lose its purpose. And that's what we have to be very, very careful of. Um, in fact, this afternoon's message is going to be about, I preached one time about a view from the cross, right? That tonight I'm going to, uh, this afternoon I'm going to preach about a view of the cross and how that vision needs to stay uh, before our eyes all the time in order to be effective. The truth is there are some things that should be ubiquitous. Uh, with those uh, who know Jesus Christ. Now, don't get too uh, over that word. My wife just says, sometimes you use words that don't make, I don't understand. But does it, what does ubiquitous mean? Well, that word means found everywhere concerning a particular subject. 
So a good example is, right now in the media, the ubiquitous lies of the media is fueling the false narratives everywhere in the, everywhere in the world. Uh, I don't trust any of the media anymore. Uh, I try to stay with local stuff. I mean, that's pretty much pretty good. You can listen to that. But anything that is uh, on a national platform is biased. It's biased towards one way or towards the other way. It's just biased. So, so what should be ubiquitous with Christians? Well, here it is. God's people are vision keepers. That's what they do. They keep his vision. They're vision followers. What is, what is it that reveals uh, they are his vision keepers? It's found in their responses and their, re and their request. Uh, response, I should say the responses to the request that Jesus asked of them. Because he's going to ask all of you to do something. He's going to, I shared about that this morning, this morning Sunday school. He's going to ask you to launch out outside of your comfort zone into things that are going to be hard to do. Uh, but that's what he does with us. And it's what he's always done with us. Right? If, he, if he wants to get something done, he needs some vision keepers. Some who are willing to launch out, to go a little bit further, do a little bit more, extend themselves a little bit more. Uh, uh, so that he can provide himself faithful and strong through you to achieve his vision. So um, in Mark 16, 15, he said, Go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Um, I still believe that. I still live by that. Then in verse 20, the response is, They went. Isn't that amazing? He said, Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And the response in verse 20 is, They went. And by faith. They went forth, they preached everywhere that they went. And the world of that day was reached, according to Scripture. So in Luke 9, 1 through 5, Jesus called his disciples together, sent them to preach the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. Right? Well, then in verse 6, Luke 9, verse 6, they departed as told and went through the towns preaching the gospel, healing everywhere. They just followed the, the vision that God had given them, that Christ had given them. Do you know what was ubiquitous of these disciples in all of these accounts? He just gave them a vision for the world, and they believed it so much so that they did what they were told to do to see it. That's all it was. They just believed it was there. Just like Abraham in the promise, uh, uh, heading to a land that he had not seen before, right? He just believed it, and he just went forth. So they immediately went everywhere they were supposed to go to everyone they were supposed to reach. And as a result, right, the, of their response to the request, they began to see the vision come true. It began to materialize before their eyes. So the world was reached. People got saved. Churches began. They believed the vision Jesus pointed for them, and they were blessed with the results. There is one thing that should be ubiquitous to every church of Christ and to every Christian who follows Jesus Christ, they must catch his vision for this one word, outreach. If I was to pick one word, because the theme is with all your heart, is with all your heart this year in 2023, start reaching out. Reach past your limits. Reach into the world that God has asked you to reach you. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, our part of the world is right here. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save uh, that which is lost. There's a lot of lost people in this area. Uh, as the Father has sent me, Jesus said, even so send I you. So Jesus says go. That means don't stay, by the way. Uh, our only uh, question should be when, where, and to who. 
You know, it's never a question of whether to go or not. That's already been settled. We're to go. We have to go. We have to reach out. That's what outreach is, is all about, reaching out, right? The question is, will you reach out? Will you go? So when Christians lose his vision, Jesus loses visionaries. And that's the sad part. Those who believe him and carry out his vision for him see church grow. And they see things happen. Throughout history, every great work of God was based on a vision given to the man of God by God himself. So when the people followed it, it all turned out good. But when they didn't, it always turned out bad. So I've never lost my vision for the Northeast. He gave that to me about, I'm going to say, about 22 years ago. Uh, that there was a burden for the Northeast for, on his heart that he wanted on my heart. And, but I have witnessed many visionaries lose their vision for the Northeast that once had a vision for the North. And, and, and they either leave the pulpit or leave the church and move away or they just give up and they don't bother with it anymore because it's not, it's not a very successful region. Uh, region, spiritually speaking, uh, when you're out there trying to win people to Christ. It's a very independent area. It's uh, People, for the most part, believe there might be a God, and if there is, that's great, but if there isn't, that's okay. I, I, I'm able to get by. A, that's what I call the independency of the Adirondacks. I can live on my own. I can live off the grid. If there is a God, that's good, you know, but there isn't. I can still, I'm independent. I can still make it on my own. So visionaries are people who accomplish what God puts on their heart to do, and we cannot wander away from the vision God gave us and then wonder why there are still problems in our area. You know, we, we live in a state, there's a lot of problems. We live in an area, there's a lot of problems. And Jesus said, go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature, seek to say that which was lost, and as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. So... By the way, these are not suggestions. Uh, these are not, this is not just information for you to know and read about in the Bible. These were his expectations. These were his, his vision for the world. Uh, they were given by God himself. And the instructions were also given for all of his visionaries. And if you're a child of God, you should be a visionary. You should be seeing past your own what you can see. Uh, seeing what God can do beyond you. So outrage will always be the focal point of any mission that God gives us. That's going to be the focal point of this coming year. So he, it is the reason he came, the reason he crucified, he was crucified, and it is the reason he conquered death. So John 9, 4 through 5, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me. Thank you, Mike, by the way, for picking that hymn. Um, wild is day, the night cometh, when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as we are in the world, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are his light to the world. So the fields are still full, and the labors are still few. And when I first read that, I thought I struggled with that verse, to be honest with you. Do you know what Luke uh, 10, 2, where it says, The harvest truly is great, and but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into the harvest. You know, I struggle with that. Why, why did Jesus tell us to, to ask him to send forth labors? Why does he have to prompt us, you know, to pray about? Or why does he have to be prompted uh, to send them? Or why do we have, to, you know, I just think about all these things, I, about how, that revolves around that verse. But 
and I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but I think about every single word that's in the Bible and why these statements were made. So why didn't he just send them? Then I realized and understood what he meant. Right? It was a few, few years after that. His, need, his children just need to catch the vision. And the way you catch that vision is through prayer. That's how you catch it. If you're going to step out into the mission field, you've got to start with saying, I want to reach the mission field. I want to be in the mission field. I want to somehow help the mission field. The great tragedy of God's commission are those who are not willing to give into it, not willing to give to it, and not willing to go into it. But that's the vision that he has given us. Uh, of interest here is that word translated as pray. It's an imperative. In other words, it is mandatory. You must do that. Why? Because if you don't pray for the world and that God would use you to reach the world, you will not have a burden for the world. Sorry. It's how we catch his vision. It's through prayer. There is a great truth here. If we're not praying for it, we will, not, we will see no need for it and have no desire to fulfill it. I, 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 someday, I, and I don't do this to pat myself. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to try to show you how important prayer is and, and the regiment that I go through every day in my prayer and what it includes. And every prayer in the morning I give and includes reaching the world and reaching people. I've included the prayer of Solomon for this church, that he would give me wisdom on how to love you and to lead you. Because I would like the same result that Solomon got when he asked God for the same reason and God blessed him. Uh, I, I want to see this church thrive in 2023. So the truth is, it will always be successful to those who pray for it, are willing to go into it, whether it's going across the street or whether it's just... Uh, or going across the ocean, or whether it's just going across the street. So people who lack vision won't do what he asked them to do. Why does this happen? The only reason is, is they just lose sight of its importance to God. Jesus said here, the light of the body is in, the, in this verse that, I'm, that we're going to read here. The light of the body is in the eye. Look right down, if you would, to Matthew 6. I'm going to start with verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. And then look, it's a colon there. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then he goes right into this. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If, there, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God in mammon. Now, Father, please, I pray. For the rest of this message, Lord, I pray that you would help me uh, establish some truths uh, that will help us in serving you in this vision that you've given us and me in this church. And I trust, Lord, that anyone here that's unsaved, this is not exactly an evangelistic message, but I trust, Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know for sure if they were to die, they'd go to heaven and be eternally with God. I pray that they would settle that today, trust on you, and receive.
receive Christ as our Savior. But for the rest of us, Lord, I pray that we have an open mind, clear eyes, so we can see the vision and receive it and apply it to our hearts. And we'll just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. That word translated as light is not the regular word for light. It's more closely refers to the object that's carrying the light. The candle or the lantern or in today's, for today's illustration, a flashlight. In fact, I was going to bring out, I love flashlights. Is there any man that doesn't like flashlights? I love flashlights. I just, every time I see a new flashlight, I have mine, a new flashlight. I do, don't ask me why I do that. Stupid, I know. I'm wasting money. I know it. Uh, but then I end up giving it away to somebody or some young kid or something along the way. Uh, but today it would be, uh, resemble something like a flashlight that is used to give light for the guidance in darkness. Then he says this, if, thor- if therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be filled with light. And that, that word single there has the sense of whole or right. So here's what I believe Jesus was saying. If your vision is right, your whole body will have the light it needs to guide you in the right direction. If your vision is right, right? But if it's not, thy whole body will be full of darkness. Unable to find its way, unwilling to do his will, unhappy because of trying to satisfy yourself. So it all revolves around that word single, okay? Jesus wants our eyes to have a single vision mentality. And and I'm going to explain that right now. It involves three things. I believe. As your pastor, I study the Word of God all the time. Uh, I'm not not saying uh, I've got a handle on everything. But what I've learned here is three things that come from that word uh, single that single vision mentality. And here's my points. There needs to be one purpose, there needs to be one priority, and there needs to be one program. One purpose, one priority, and one program. And so let's, let's jump into each one of them. First one is there needs to be, we need to be one purpose Christians. Now what do I mean by that? We have one purpose in life as disciples of Jesus Christ. You know what that is? It's to glorify God. One purpose in life. Our mission is in everything that we do is to glorify God. And the number one way we do that is by pointing others to Jesus Christ. Our one one purpose, just to glorify God. And he says the way you do that best is by leading others to Jesus Christ. Because that's the purpose of his coming. That's our sole purpose, purpose for keeping a single eye. We are to stay loyal to one and to his one mission. Loyal to one and to his one mission. You know, we are to stay loyal to him so that we can glorify him. His purpose for us is to stay loyal. That's the whole ideal of a disciple, doing what he's asked to do. When your eye is single, it is loyal. That's why uh, Job said he put a watch on his eyes, not to even look at a maiden. Right, because once the man's eyes start looking at others, women, he takes his eyes off the one woman that God wanted him to have. So vision failures, when you change um, purpose, I guess, uh, from his to yours. And we know that all things work together 
for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So your eye is not single when it has competing purposes. God says he will not share his glory with, with, any, with anyone. Darryl's, I'm glad Daryl's here. He's a good example of that. He's got his eye on one woman. And that one woman is a few thousand miles away from him that can't get into the country. And they've been working on it for five years. So his eye is not looking at others. He's looking at, he's got a single purpose, right? Because he knows that one woman has got one God called him, and if he follows through with that, he glorifies God. Amen? Does that make sense so far? See, I am the Lord, that is my name, he says. My glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Isaiah 42.8, the follower of Jesus Christ can only be purposeful to Christ if he stays loyal to Christ and keeps his eyes right on him and his vision for the world. The eye must catch a single vision or must be loyal to him to catch his vision. So that's the most important thing is that what do we want to do here this coming year? Glorify God. With everything that we do, with the number one reason to glorify him, it, it, giving ourselves with all our hearts to outreach, to reaching out for him. Without single vision, we will eventually lose sight of that purpose. Because what would it be? It would be looking elsewhere at other things. So my goal is just to keep your eyes on Jesus, to help you keep your eyes on Jesus and his vision for this church in this area. Secondly is this. Single vision means one priority. Now, you're to be a one-priority Christian. Here is the primary thought. If your priorities are wrong, your vision of him will be wrong and your spiritual walk will be ineffective. It has to be a priority involved here. As a result, you will, or as a result, you'll lose his vision. And then what you do is once you lose his vision, you lose the mission, and then you drop the commission. And, and you'll eventually lose heart when the trial comes. Because you've taken your sights off him. He wasn't a priority anymore. What he wanted you to do is not a priority anymore. So now all of a sudden the priority becomes something to do with you. An eye that does not make his vision their priority will not make bringing his light to others their utmost mission. The priority is to be the light in the Schenectady, Albany, Gilderland area. You know, I, I heard this church is, nobody wants, to, nobody wants this church. Eh? We, we, uh, we're in Albany County, town of Schenectady. No, what is it? Tell me what it is, like all these different things. Town of Gilderland, city of Schenectady, 400 fire department. I'm trying to think of the other things. They like shift us around all over the place here, don't they? Um, An eye that does not make his vision their priority will not make bringing his light to others. And we have a lot of others here to reach. So. On the other hand, if the eye is single, your priorities will be right and you'll be the light of the, that God wants you to be in a dark world. That's the mission. That's the mission. Clearly implied here is whatever God calls us to do, it's to become our first priority. 
That's what will glorify him. So when it comes to Christ and building his church, especially this church, nothing is going to prevail over it as long as we stick to the vision. We make it our first priority. This means I cannot evade or avoid church. The church is important to attend and to attend to. Right? The services are here to help you in that vision that God has given you to do. That's how important the church is. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We're not to forsake ourselves from assembling in it. Right? Why? Because it's so important to him. He loved the church. The husbands are love their wives like Christ loved the church. Right? He's here every time we have a service. Do you understand that? Sometimes he wonders why you're not here. So we not only have to attend it, we have to attend to it. Otherwise, the doors don't stay open. The lights don't stay on. Right now, we're dealing with a little gas smell down in the cellar down there we're trying to take care of, you know? These are the things where I'm talking about when our priorities are wrong, we can get off on the wrong track. So when, this means I cannot invade or avoid church and my responsibility to the church in order to satisfy or fulfill my own desire and still expect to please God. Jesus just got through telling them that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's where your heart's going to lead to, is that treasure. Whatever that is that you feel is a priority. Everyone who is honest with themselves knows what the treasures are in their hearts that compete with God and take priority over Jesus. And there are treasures that make Jesus and his church take a back seat right, to, your, to our desires. So God didn't mix words when he said in Exodus 20, verse 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Jesus didn't mix words when he said in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Or Paul didn't mix words when he said, Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is. You know, again, single vision means priority. Jesus wants us to prioritize our lives with a, with a single purpose to fulfill the mission of his vision. And when those priorities are right, uh, his vision is clear, and it becomes clear as we follow. Because blessings follow right along with that vision. So single vision means we are to be one purpose Christian, one priority Christian. And lastly, and we close, is this. Single vision means one program. Now, what do I mean by that? Because it sounds like these words are intermingling with each other, and they're meant to. What I mean by this is we have one God, one master who brought us uh, who bought us, I should say, with his blood, brought us back to himself, and then taught us how to live for him. That's the program. That's the program we follow. He bought us with his blood. He brought us to himself. And then he teaches us, or taught us, how to live for him, with him, to do his will. It's the program we follow. We follow his tracks. Why? Because we are his. In other words, we pick up his vision for this area. He created us and he owns the rights to us. He, his, his plans for us are his program. Matthew 23, 9 through 10 says, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. I always struggle with that 
uh, when we're so quick to put doctor in front of our name or anything in front of our name, I, I really am. Uh, would Catholics use that word father to a priest, right? I have an honorary doctorate degree, but I don't put doctor before my name because I'm just a pupil of Jesus Christ. And I want to be a follower of him. I remember the first time I heard that word proprietary. Do you know what that means, proprietary? It was on Shark Tank. Anybody watch Shark Tank? That's back when we used to watch TV. It relates to ownership. In other words, a company who creates something new and unique has proprietary rights to it. In other words, they get a patent for it. And they do that because before somebody steals that idea, they get a patent to hold on to those rights. So at least they got a leg to stand on. And when someone tries to steal it, right, they can sue them. They can take them to court. It's a perfect illustration to close this message. Listen, Satan thinks he owns us. So he tries to uh, blind us of Christ's vision for the world and stop Christ's vision for me personally. That's what he does. But because of Calvary, he no, holds no grounds to stand upon. <laughs> he, Jesus created us. He tried to steal us, but Jesus holds the patent to us. He knows our hearts. You don't even know your hearts the way he knows your hearts. If we say that we have fellowship on him, we walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 6-7. There's no one like Jesus, and there's no one like those he created for himself. And then died for. Do you understand that there's no two people alike? I have, I have found it comical down here, now that I'm down here, how many people think that I'm Steve Caparizzo. <laughs> I, it's just amazing. I, I, in fact, I get, I get some pretty nice treatment at restaurants now because they look at you and they're taking it and they're thinking, could that possibly be him? You know, so they go overboard. And I kind of like that. <laughs> Sometimes at the end I'll say, just so you know, I'm not Steve Caparizzo. <laughs> Listen, everyone, it all comes down to outreach. You know, he reached out from heaven, down from heaven to the, cre to the creatures that he created. He has a pri proprietary patent on us. He knows exactly how we tick. And then he purchased us back from the bondages of our sin when we chose to rebel against him. Therefore, we owe it to him to follow his program. Right? Just to follow his vision, his visionary purpose, finish the missionary plan, and then reaching out to others for him, helping bring as many as we can back to him. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. To be just like him is our primary purpose, program, and priority. And to reach others for him are the same three, priority, purpose, and program. So as your new pastor coming in, my challenge to everyone today is catch the vision. 
Catch the vision. Don't let it get by you. Determine not to let another soul die in the greater Albany area without you being involved in trying to reach them. Outreach means reaching out. I have a vision for 2023 for this church. Our theme will be with all your heart. Just with all your heart. Just give it all you got. First uh, Samuel 12, God sent a powerful thunderstorm. Did you know that? And that day when tradition said it would not rain at the time of the year. It's all recorded in First uh, Samuel 12. And the people thought they were going to die from it. And therefore, what they did is they besought Samuel to pray to God on their behalf. Moreover, they freely admitted their sin and asking for a king. So in reply, what does Samuel do? uh, Samuel took the occasion to once again admonish his people to serve their God with all their hearts. I think if there's a reoccurring message that, that I would give you, it's just, again, just serve your Lord with all your heart. Give him everything you have. It was when service to God becomes half-hearted that one is not far from departing away from him. Samuel understood that. You understand that? He understood that. And, and he clearly reminded Israel, for the Lord God will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For the, consider how great things he has done for you. Can I say the same to all of you? Consider the things he's passed, the things he's, great things he's done for you. Consider the great things he's doing for you right now. But catch the vision and consider the things he wants to do with you in these days ahead. That simple lesson remains top priority to this day. Other things may entice you to depart from serving him, though at times not intrinsically evil, but they take you away from the priority that he wants for you. They become diversionary tactics of Satan just to distract you from serving God with all your heart. Samuel then uttered this great promise, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it pleased him. Every time I read that, to all born-again Christians, listen to me carefully, he has promised the same to you. It pleased him to save you. He's not ashamed of you. He just wants to use you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. That's what he makes the promise to us. So just as a parent who loves his or her children when they show little in return, Samuel revealed a deep truth, the depth of his love for God's people. What is the depth of your love for God's creation? Catch the vision. That's my message. I don't even know what time it is. Well, we're right on time. But what I want to do is here is is revamp, revitalize our outreach and discipleship program. Beginning in the spring, somehow here as we plan and we get this going. Around this theme, with all your heart. Setting aside all those things that distract us and just saying, no, we're going to jump in here full. We're going to jump. We're going to launch in right out into the deep. I want you to just consider those things. Think about how great he's been to you. How good he's to you right now and how good he wants to be to you. And then consider how great things he would do for you and wants to do for you when you catch his vision. 
So using with all your heart as our theme, and you know I'm going to do some certain things like uh, each one win one, you know, trying to encourage you to get out and win one soul to Christ, bring one soul to church. I'm going to include things like a good works program, not for salvation, but what Jesus said according to Matthew 5:16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. You know, they have to see your good works, right? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Right? And I'm not saying you gotta be you gotta work to be saved. I'm saying when you're saved, you work. And you do good things for him. I'll explain more later in detail, but this one I know will open doors in the communities that we live in. We just gotta get involved. The key is just making that commitment with all your heart to reach out for him. Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word and your blessings. Thank you for your challenge. Thank you for giving us eyesight to keep a single vision. Making you and reaching out for you our priority, purpose, and plan. I trust now, Lord, that as the invitation is given, if anyone here today, Lord, that's unsaved, uh, that would be the highlight of this message, that we reached out to them and they came forward and gave their life to you. We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.